Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty. No yelling on the bus. We're yelling on the bus. We're yelling in the streets. We're yelling on our way to our Super Bowl parties. We are yelling because it is finally Super Bowl Sunday. Good Sunday morning. It's Larry Hardesty on The Drive. 1-800-919-3776. Listen. You know everything you need to know about this game. Anita Marks started you off with Fantasy Focus at 7 a.m. Then Chris Candy came in to add a defensive perspective to it on New York game day. And now we just bring it home to get you ready. I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts? What are going to be the key moments in this game? What's going to be the difference? Because I want to enjoy this game as much as possible because it's a sad day. It's a sad day because this is the last NFL game we're going to see. Until the summer. And hopefully, hopefully this game will live up to what it looks like on paper. Because when you break it down, and it doesn't mean that the other side of the ball for each team is not that great. All right. But when we look at this team, these two teams, and we're looking to break it down and we're trying to figure out what's going to happen. What is it really? It's about the Kansas City offense and the 49er defense. Doesn't mean the 49ers can't put the ball in the end zone because they can. Doesn't mean that the Kansas City defense is not better and has improved throughout the season because it has. But what it does mean is when you look at this game and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I choose a winner? How, what's going to be the difference? What's going to be the turnover? What's going to be the, 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 the biggest adjustments? What's going to be the key factor that's going to be in this game? It's, for me, here's the bottom line. That great pass rush of the 49ers, can they consistently get to Kansas City's offense? Can they consistently put pressure on Mr. Mahomes so that they can pressure him and try to throw that offense off kilter. Because if they can't, I don't see how they win this game. I don't see how. If you're telling me that I have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo putting this team on his back and firing down the field consistently, I don't see him doing it. If you're telling me that Jimmy G has got to throw the football 45, 50 times, Frisco's not winning this game. Frisco's not winning the game. The goal, what Kansas, what San Francisco has to do is very simple. They have to be able to control Patrick Mahomes. If Frisco can control Patrick Mahomes, they've got a shot. Because otherwise, explain to me how this 49ers secondary is going to match up with all these weapons that Kansas City has. Kansas City's able to spread them out. And when you look at, when you look at successful teams, and I think Bill Belichick has been the great architect defensively for what we look at. The goal for NFL teams is very simple. Defensively, I want to take something away from you offensively. I've got to take something away. What you do best, I want to take away and make you have to go to another option. So, what is exactly the Niners defense taking away from Kansas City? Are they going to double one wide receiver and maybe give safety help to another one? Then what happens to Travis Kelsey? Are we going to do some, are we going to give safety help over the top with Kelsey? Just for argument's sake. So then you're leaving one of the receivers open and you're going to put them in one-on-one coverage with that speed. And oh, by the way, Kansas City does have a running game. So how do you control all these things? Do you say, I'm going to make Sammy Watkins beat me? That's a possibility. But he's had a not a bad postseason, right? 190 yards in receptions in the postseason. So what do you take away if you are the Niners? 1-800-919-3776. On the other side, 
If you are the Niners, what do you want to do? You want to have ball control because you want to keep that high-powered Kansas City offense off the field. So for you, your offense is as important as your defense this evening because Kansas City can't score without the football, right? It's very simple. So the star, Raheem Mostert, 41 41 carries for 278 yards in two postseason games. You're leaning on him. You're leaning on Kittle, your tight end. You're leaning on ball control. And you've been fortunate because you have (laughs) – you're not going to believe this. But in two games, your quarterback has thrown the ball 27 times in two games. 27 times. 17 for 27, 208 yards. He's averaging, ready? 7.7 yards of reception. Because he didn't have to throw. So we're not discounting him. We're not saying that, well, he can't play. We're saying because of the game plan that Kyle Shanahan has had, he hasn't needed him to throw. He's just needed him to make a couple of plays here and there, spot plays, and that's been the key for them because the defense has been solid and the run game has been potent. It's fascinating, right? This is a good one. This should be a good one because you're looking at two teams that are very good defensively. You have to give Frisco the nod because of their front seven and what they're able to do and the pressure they're able to have on the quarterback and Nick Bosa has been outstanding outstanding and what they've done they've been able to do is they've been able to maintain their rushing lanes so when they rush the quarterback they haven't allowed quarterbacks to get outside and make plays like the play Patrick Mahomes made a couple of weeks ago that was just outstanding that turned that game around against Tennessee where he broke a couple of tackles and got into the end zone. They have not allowed that. They have been disciplined, and they have been solid. And that's what they've been able to bring to the table. And so when folks who are going for the 49ers and they talk about their defense, they're saying, listen, Patrick Holmes is not going. We know where he's going to be. We're going to contain him in the pocket. So he won't be roaming and making those big plays. One thing I will say, for either team, You cannot have mental breakdowns and lapses early in this game. You cannot be in the position where you're down 14-0 or 21-0 or 17-0. You can't do it because both teams are able to give you the knockout punch early. And especially if Kansas City comes out the the way they came out in their two previous playoff games, they're not winning this game, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care how much firepower they have. And I know that they can get the ball up and down the field. I got it. But it would be very, very hard for them to do what they've done in the previous two games and come back and win because this defense then will know that they're throwing the football and they will make adjustments and it will be very hard for them. And plus, when when the Niners have it offensively, they're going to run the football. They're going to eat up the clock. They're going to take possessions away. Oh, it should be a good game. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Let me say this. It's not old school. It's smart school. Because what the running game does is it takes possessions away from the, your opponent. But the key phrase in her stats is they got three yards before contact. Hmm. So either that's, yes, that is scheme, but that's also bad defensive adjustments. Because if you're allowing your run, your ground game defensively, if you're allowing the, the offense to block you so that you are getting three yards, which means they're three yards past the line of scrimmage before you, you even get to them. It's not good. I think that Kansas City will do a better job. As a matter of fact, if I'm Kansas City on certain, on certain schemes that I've got planned for today, I'm going to put eight, nine in the box. 
and I'm going to see if they can run against that and force Jimmy Garoppolo to try and beat me. It should be a good game, though. It should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Let's hear from Al in Long Island. Al, start us off on the drive on 98.7 ESPN. How you doing? Thanks doing for having me on your show. You got it, partner. What do you think? Um, I think Chiefs. I, I've been watching football for 40 years now. Mm-hmm. And I think when Dan Marino came in, a young Dan Marino, and he looked amazing. But this guy, Patrick Mahomes, he looks amazing and he can run. Yeah, and he's a pass first type of guy, and I, I think defense has never seen like they say defense win championship, but a defense never seen an offense like Kansas City with a quarterback like Kansas City, who has the weapons that Kansas City has. Mm-hmm. Like that guy Tyreek Hill is a problem. They'll he test is. the speed side to side. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think the, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. Uh, I, no, get me wrong. The Forty Nine is you know a great team, mm-hmm. but I just think they're gonna they you know. I, you know, the Chiefs showed that they could defensively, they could scheme and stop runs and stuff like that. You're right, That's Al. All right, Al. Enjoy the game today. Thanks for the call. 1-800-919-3776. And that is my contention as to why I have Kansas City. I am acknowledging that the Niners have a tremendous defense. And once again, that front seven is dominant. It's dominant. And it's going to take a very good Offensive line, very good offensive line play to make sure that they keep the Niners defense off their quarterback. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for Kansas City. There's no question about it. But I'm banking on Kansas City's offensive line to play well. I'm banking on Kansas City's offensive line to give Patrick Mahomes the time to throw. And I'm banking on the fact that he won't have to take much time because I believe the speed of the Kansas City receivers is going to be an issue for the Niners secondary. How do you stay with these guys? How do you stay with Tariq Hill? How do you stay with Sammy Watkins? And Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field is going to be is is a handful. As long as he holds on to the football, right? Charles is in the Big Apple. Hey Charles, you're next on the drive on 987 ESPN. Yes, so which of the two Super Bowl teams will lead in turnovers and in penalties? Charles, that's a good question. Thanks for the phone call. I'm going to say that I'm going to say that the Niners are going to lead in in turnovers and I think Kansas City could lead in penalties if indeed the offensive line has some issues in trying to um in trying to defend and, and protect Patrick Mahomes. Will there be some offsides? Will there be some holding? Will there be uh, different uh, plays because of the Niners' defense putting pressure on Kansas City's offense? So that's where I would say that Kansas City might have the lead as far as penalties. In turnovers, I'm basing it on the fact that I think that Kansas City is going to try to take the 49ers' run game away from them and force them to force Jimmy G to throw the football and that might be a situation where you've got some interceptions or some or a fumble or something of that nature so that's my logic behind those two well, behind my picks but good questions Spike is in Jersey hey Spike you're next on the drive good morning my friend uh, nice to get you in the sun, sun shining it is nice isn't it hey, hey, nice out nice and crisp day uh, uh, I like uh, Kansas City and I liken it, I said it yesterday to someone, that uh, did like the big red machine against the 85 Bears if San Francisco proves to be this defensive juggernaut. I'm not quite sure now. I think the, this four or five speed guys on, on the Chiefs, not counting the quarterback, and he's crafty. And I think they'll have a lot of difficulty uh, covering them, on, especially like Richard Sherman and the other cornerback. I think they're going to have trouble. I think the Chiefs... Uh, Really, they just look too athletic, if I'm saying it correctly. Mm-hmm. Don't you see it? Yeah, that's how I see it, Spike. Right, right. Anyway, good to catch you, and uh hope everything's working out, and have a great program. I'll be listening. Great. Thanks, Spike. I appreciate it. We're hanging in. Thank you. 1-800-919-3776. Listen, that's my, that's my theory. That's why I think Kansas City will win. It is the speed of that receiving core and the depth and the depth. I mean, listen, uh, 
Demarcus Robinson, who you don't even think about prime wise, you know, how do we scheme for him? You know, they're wide. They, they have depth. He was a player that has contributed in, in quick bursts. I mean, only six targets, only 35 yards, but still a guy who you're not scheming for is somebody who could be brought in in the four wide situation. And while you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about Watkins, you think about Hill, you know, and, and you think about, you know, you're thinking about Kelsey, and you, know, you know, here comes this kid, you know, here comes this kid Robinson out of nowhere to make a big play. So once again, I just look at the depth and the speed and, you know, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the Niners. And we haven't even talked, spoken about Damian Williams in the running back situation. Right, not a whole lot of production there, not to what the 49ers do, but still. And listen, Kansas City's going to have to run the ball a little bit. I don't think they're going to come back here and just throw on every down and expect to be effective. No, they're going to have to run the football. They're going to be able to have to move the ball, move the chains, and be versatile. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Get back to the phones and hear from John in Jersey. Hey, John, you're next on The Drive. Hey, so I remember last time we had an NFC West team versus an AFC West team. The NFC West team was the number one defense, Seattle Seahawks, versus the AFC West team, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. And what happened there? The offense had no answer. The offensive juggernaut had no answers, and Seattle took it away in a big one. I think that's going to happen again this year. So you Joey Bosa on the Niners. Yeah, Joey Bosa on the Niners. I think Joey Bosa for MVP. All right. Thanks for the phone call, John. Nick Bosa, Joey's little brother, uh, is going to be a factor in this game, and there's no doubt about that. He has to be controlled. Once again, don't mistake that I have any disrespect for the San Francisco 49ers defense. I do not. I understand what they bring to the table. I understand the pressure they put. I understand what they've done to offensive lines this season. I understand how physical they can be. I've seen them in action. But once again, I just don't know if in the secondary that line will be able to do the type of damage that they've done previously during the season that will allow the secondary to hold on where they pressure Mahomes enough that the secondary doesn't have to hold on to cover these receivers. And as I mentioned, the key thing for me today, and we talk about it all the time, I don't care what the sport is, I don't care what the game is, I don't care about the magnitude of it. It is about adjustments. Everybody goes in with a game plan. Everybody goes in with their thought process on what they're going to take away and what's going to work for them. But what we also understand is in a game of this magnitude, where Shanahan and Reed have gotten things and put in certain schemes that they have not used all season. How do you adjust to that? And how long does it take for you to make that adjustment? See, that's the other key thing. How long does it take for you to make the adjustment to counter what they've been able to do that you haven't seen because they haven't used it? It was game specific. It was opponent specific. It was placed just for you in this game. It's based on what you've been able to do. It's based on the successes you've had. It's based on the things that you needed to work on. But how do you make that adjustment and how long does it take for you to get back and say, you know, we, we expected Kansas City to throw them. They're running the football on us. How did we expect to run the football? Well, we didn't expect that Kansas City was going to run the football like that for the Niners. Wow, the Niners are the Niners. Hey, guess what? Jimmy G's hit a couple of bombs today on the, on our Kansas City secondary. We didn't expect that to happen. And how long do you adjust to that? That's a key thing too, because failure to adjust costs you championships, and it's happened over and over and over again. And all you have to do is go back. 
and look at the conference games. It was Tennessee's inability to make adjustments to Kansas City that allowed them to get back into the game. Because of the fact that they could not wrap up and tackle. And see, that's the other thing. The fundamentals are so important. Every little thing counts in a game like this where you've got two very, very good teams, two very, very good coaches, and two teams who normally, normally understand what they need to do and are mentally prepared to play. And yeah, we know this is a big game. And yeah, we know the world is watching. And yeah, we know that athletes are creatures of habit and the halftime is going to be longer than any halftime they've dealt with. And the pregame is going to be longer than any pregame they've had to deal with. And all the little things. But ultimately, like most football games, it will be decided in the trenches. The big question is going to be, and it's very simple. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's very simple. If Kansas City's offensive line can contain the Niners' defensive line, Kansas City will win this game. If the Kansas City defense can make Jimmy G one-dimensional where he's got to throw and they can't run the football, Kansas City's going to win. If the Niners are able to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes and make him throw the ball before he wants to, then the Niners, with their offense and with their ability to run the football and wear down their opponents, Kansas City and Andy Reid will be a bridesmaid again. Andy Reid will not win the Super Bowl. This is very simple. These are the things that have to happen for these two teams to be successful. And the wild card here is on this on this roster on both sides, there is somebody whom we haven't spoken about. There's somebody who hasn't been interviewed. (laughs) There's somebody who we haven't even thought of who could make a big play in this game this evening. Haven't even thought of him. Couldn't know who you would even think about him. Wouldn't even think about him. You know, like most third. The running back in with the Niners. What is seven different teams he'd been on? Seven? And he comes in in this postseason and he's run for 278 yards in two games? There's always somebody. (laughs) There's always somebody that's going to make a big name that we haven't even thought about. Gerard's in Brooklyn. Hey, Gerard, you're next on the drive. Hey, what's up, Larry? What's up, partner? Enjoying your show there, long-time listener. Uh, Larry, I've been going back and forth all week. It's crazy hearing the polar opposites from everybody. At first, I was going for the 49ers, mm-hmm. but I'm going for KC only for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because I'm really a New York Giants fan. Mm-hmm. But um, what do you think? Um, actually, you just touched on it. You think um, they're going to be able to stop San Francisco running backs, Kansas City Chiefs? They're going to have to. Listen, Listen, and thanks, Gerard. They're going to have to. Because most defenses, when you talk to players, you talk to defensive coordinators, they go into a game taking the run away from the offense. Because why? They want to make you one-dimensional so that they know you're going to throw then they can go into their various nickel packages and their dime packages and they can just not worry about the run, but just the line just pins their ears back and rushes the quarterback and makes sure he doesn't have a, doesn't have a chance to throw, doesn't have time to throw. And hopefully gets into, gets the ball intercepted because he's, he knows he doesn't have time and he's going to turn the football over. That's what most teams defensively go in for doing. And with the success that the 49ers have had, running the football, there's no question that Kansas City wants to take the run away from them. Now, will they be able to? We'll find out tonight. But that's their game plan for a quarterback. And once again, Jimmy Garoppolo has shown that he can throw the football. I mean, he's shown he can throw the football during the regular season. We know he can throw the football. We know he can complete passes. 
We know that they have the, the Debo Samuels and the Kendrick Bourne and George Kittle, their tight end, Emmanuel Sanders. We know that these guys can catch the football. We know that they have a good passing offense. Okay, it's not that they don't. It's just that they have been so dominant running the football in the postseason. They haven't really needed their, their, their offensive weapons as far as the passing game is concerned. Once again, Jimmy G is 17 of 27 for 208 yards in two games. In two games. So they haven't need to, they haven't need to make it air Shanahan. They've been successful running the football. They've been successful punishing the opposition's defense. They've been successful as the game wears on that they have worn down the defensive line, gotten into the secondary. And that's why, as uh, Mina Kimes pointed out earlier, that they've ended up with three or four yards before they've even got touched. Okay, before they've even been touched. So that's why. Because the offensive line has been so dominant. So clearly, if you're Kansas City, you want to take that run away because you want to see if Jimmy G can beat you. Now, <laughs> you may you may have to be careful what you wish for, but for you, you're looking at what they've done recently to be successful. And so if they've been able to run the ball effectively, what you want to do is take away what they've done most effectively. Ah, but will they be able to do it? That's the question. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. I think it's going to be a close game. This whole season, I've been 60% or more confident. It's been a very high win rate, but I'm not there. I'm like 53% that the Chiefs will win. One of the main reasons is because when you look to see the secondary for, so apart from Richard Sherman, the secondary for the Niners has some exploitable holes. If you look to see where you line up Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, and you look, you know, a kill a Witherspoon, or you see non-Richard Sherman defensive backs, they're very matchup dependent. So I think Andy Reid will scheme to be able to get Tyree Kill open. And by the way, Tyree Kill can catch a five-yard pass and run in for a 95-yard touchdown. So that's a really impactful point for me. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network chatting with our Anita Marks with her thoughts on the Super Bowl. She's right. She's right. That secondary, other than Richard Sherman, has got some issues. But once again, will Patrick Mahomes have time to throw the football and look to pick on some of those situations, some of those advantages to the Kansas City offense? 1-800-919-3776. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. As a matter of fact, before we get to the calls, let's hear from Patrick Mahomes and Richard Sherman. Let's begin with let's begin with Richard Sherman. He talks about overcoming injury and guess what? Reaching another championship game. It's awesome. You know, obviously I wouldn't be here without without the awesome team that we have and, and you know, all those guys executing and fighting hard. But it is it is something that, that I appreciate even more, you know, going through the journey that I that I have to go through to get back to this point. Um, it's something that, that I appreciate, but it, it you know, it's all for naught if we don't go out there and execute one more time. It's amazing for and obviously you remember him for being part of the Legion of Boom and, and how dominant that defense was. And he's come now to a really no, another dominant defense in the sense, and his leadership and his experience has been key for that secondary. It really has. So, you know, the fact that he's been able to come back, the fact that he's, uh, brings his, his expertise as one of the best cover corners to ever do it. And I, and, and it's funny to see his little back and forth with, uh, Darrell Rivas, uh, of Rivas Island fame. Uh, because listen, here's the thing about Rivas, which I, which you respect. No matter where his guy was, if you moved him on the left side or the right side or even in the slot at times, Darrell Rivas covered his guy. That's that's the trust. That's the need <laughs> that Rex Ryan had when he came here. And, of course, Darrell Rivas was phenomenal. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question because he, he, he was so dominant in his position. And you look at Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman has been outstanding at his position and will have to be outstanding at his position today. Because, listen, you throw away from him, and then if you think you have a good matchup, you throw it his way. But uh, one thing I know that Patrick Holmes has to understand is unlike their previous games in the postseason, they can't have a slow start. 
The last two years that I've played, I feel like we've always got off to great starts and scored a lot of points. And with the last two uh, games, uh, we, we we haven't been able to do that. And so for us, it's about just going in there with the right mindset, uh, not trying to do too much, staying within the game plan and, and just playing like we played the, the last three quarters of the, both the last two games. And not sticking with the game plan. And guess what? Not panicking if the game plan is not working early. Because that's the other part of it. And we talked about, Billy Taylor talked about it when he was on, and we spoke about it even before Billy joined us on the drive. And that is the fact that it's about adjustments, ladies and gentlemen. It's about being able to do what you want to do. Even when they're trying to take some things away, what adjustments can you make? What, how, how in sync are you with your receivers that you can just look? And they know to make the adjustment based on what you see that you don't have time to call an audible at the line of scrimmage. How, how good is that communication? That's what this whole season has been about for you to get to this point. But make no mistake, and we've talked a lot about the skill positions. We've talked a lot about the quarterback spot, and rightfully so. We've talked a lot about the running backs. But as Damian Woody pointed out, it's about the battle in the trenches. It's about which side, which side will be dominant, which side will be the one that knows that we have to win. Is it going to be the Kansas City offense when the Niner defense is on the field? Or will it be the Niner offense when the Kansas City defense is on the field? Will Patrick Mahomes be able to throw it up and down the field in Miami Or will the Niners be able to eat up huge chunks of yardage on the ground and keep the ball away from a very potent Kansas City offense? That's the question. Back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Philip is in South Brooklyn. Hey, Philip, you're next on the drive. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, a couple of things real quick, if uh, you, if you allow me. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with uh, Richard Sherman, and I remember uh, he, uh, hearing Dion say this, you don't travel if you're not asked to travel. When he played with the Legion of Boom, he didn't need to travel because that secondary was elite on both mm-hmm. sides and in the safety position. I remember uh, Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes from Oakland Raiders. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken and I'm not sure, they didn't travel. I don't think they needed to travel when you have elite cornerbacks on both sides. Dion traveled because, you know, he he was at that level where the uh, uh, one year the 49ers wanted him and, and they got him and won the Super Bowl. The next year the Cowboys wanted him, you know, and they won the Super Bowl. But you do what you're asked to do. That's the mm-hmm. Richard Sherman thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I think – um, um, the 49ers, with their four-man pass rush, I believe Kansas City, as they did previously when they played them, are going to throw screen passes to the running back and to the tight ends. Um, I believe I believe that San Francisco is probably going to play zone behind that four-man rush, which they normally do. I think one of the keys, though, because we, are, we concentrate a lot on that, is how is Kansas City secondary going to hold up? Mm-hmm. Because I believe that they can pretty much, I wouldn't say stop the run, but I think they'll do okay with the run. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of games, San Francisco hasn't thrown the ball much. Kittle really hasn't caught any passes. Will they change? That's, you know, because they may be holding something back. Yeah. That's interesting. Thanks for the phone call. They, they, but see, here's the thing. They haven't had to throw because <laughs> they were so good running the football. Like I said, the, the, this kid Raheem has got, in two games, he's got 41 carries for 278 yards. I mean, he's averaging just under seven yards a carry and four touchdowns. If I'm getting seven yards a carry with my ground game, I don't need to throw. <laughs> I don't need to throw. Seven yards a carry. All right, so, so two carries, I've got two, I got two first downs. On two carries, I'm getting two first downs. And so, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Because, well, seven on one, I get the ball, I, I can, I can give it to anybody for a short game. Okay. And then I come back, I get another big seven. I'm, 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 what I'm doing if I'm Kansas City is I'm making my, my second and third downs manageable. And I'm also making my second and third downs to the point that you don't know what I'm going to do. Because it's third and short. I could do anything. I could, I could go deep if I wanted to. I could run a, 
I could do one of these imaginatives in the round. I could do whatever I want to do. You have no idea as a defense what I can do, what I'm going to do. Because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm at third, second and three. So I got two chances to get three yards. And if I got seven on the first, <laughs> I'm good. So that's the issue. You're right. Uh, in your comments about Richard Sherman being asked to. But I think now as you look at in this game today, it is going to be interesting to see if he's going to be asked to travel because, you know, this, this Kansas City offense can't spread you out because of the depth of their receivers and the talent of their receiving core. So will he be asked to move? Maybe not. Maybe he'll just stay on the side that he's comfortable with or his strong side. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, that's going to be fascinating to see what they do there. But, you know, listen, uh, you're right about the screens because what the screens do if you're Kansas City is it allows Mahomes to get rid of the ball quick. And then you also, with that speed, you've got a chance to get some guys that can break some some yards after the catch, as Cynthia Freeland mentioned. So you have a number of adjustments that you can make with that. And then once you get them in a position now where you're starting to get a drive and you're starting to move the football, then you can take your chances. As they start to come up for the screen, then maybe you can go deep and hit one of your guys uh, in the secondary for a big play. Because, listen, that's what they do. But I think today, I think the tight end is going to be big for both teams. I think that uh, San Francisco, if indeed the Kansas City does a better job at taking at doing at taking the run away, and I I don't mean like they don't run at all, but I mean if, even if you even if you're able to cut the the average in half, let's say they're averaging three yards a carry, then I think you're going to go to your tight end. You're going to see if you can loosen some things up and then come back to the running game. So I think that the the Niners will be able to use George Kittle a little bit more. You're right; they really haven't used him in the past couple past couple of games. When he's got four receptions, four receptions on six targets for 35 yards with a long of 19. So they really haven't really needed him once again because of the running game. But if the running game's not there, I think they will go to the tight end. And I obviously Kansas City loves the tight end because so many teams do so many things to try to take their outside receivers and the speed away that they'll say, okay. We'll give up something. We can't, we can't take everything away, but we will be able to give up something. So we'll give in with the tight end and we'll just try to get that, get, get our, our, uh, linebackers to try to stay with him and contain him. And we'll see how that works out. But, uh, once again, it should be a really good game. This is the drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> As far as holding up, G, you just want to limit. You want to steal possessions. Here's the deal. When you look at when they play Tennessee, Tennessee ripped off 200 yards to both of their previous opponents. Spags figured out a way to demand his guys up the middle to stop Derrick Henry and that Tennessee offensive line. 49ers are going to have success running the football. But is it success like we saw last week? Or is it success to make you have to put Jimmy G in situations where you convert in third and sevens, third and six, you know, and, and just being uncomfortable in those spots. The whole question we've had all week long, can Jimmy G go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes? That doesn't mean the entire game they're going to go pass for pass. But if the Chiefs and Sp- like they showed last week, can adjust to what Tennessee was doing and figure out a way to stop it, then you put Jimmy G where you want it. Marcus Spears on Get Up. With his thoughts on the game today, it's fascinating. You're listening to The Drive on 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Because, and I get to the calls in a second, he makes an interesting point because we talk about can Jimmy G put the team on his shoulders and win the game. And what Spears is saying is in a big situation, when you really, when it's third and seven, eight or nine, and you really need that ball, you really need to maintain possession. Let's say Kansas city has just scored on, let's say they've scored 10 points on back-to-back possessions. And you really want to score here because you don't want to give them the ball back. And somehow Kansas City has found a way to put you in a third and long situation. Can Jimmy G get you out of that in a game like this with Steve Spagnuolo and his, you know, his, he doesn't, he doesn't have NASCAR personality on that defense (laughs) as he had here, but he's got some guys in there who can make some plays. And I mentioned Terrell Suggs is a guy who could come in on a third down play and do something like that. Is that the way? 
is that how the game could be decided? Oh, it's just this. See, that's why you love a game being this close on paper because nobody can just sit here and definitively say, oh, there's not, there's not 20 people that's going to definitively, definitively tell you, oh, there's no question the Niners are going to win. Oh, there's no question the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win because you look. Cause look at this. Like, who's going to beat them? It's not like, oh, you don't want to bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because, you know, they always find a way to win. Not, this is not what that is. And it's so refreshing to have that for a change. Matt to Levittown. Matt, you're next on the drive. Hi, how are you? Doing good, Matt. What's up, partner? All right. I just wanted to point out with something that uh, I'm an old guy, 67. I've seen all the Super Bowls. I think it was 15 when I saw the first one. Mm. And I remember the early days so well of the AFL the upstart league and there were the mad bombers and the Lamonicas and the Namus and Bayparellis and, and Jack Kemp and, and all those guys and how the NFL was such a disdain of the league and with their grinded out smug attitude. And so there were these two, uh, there were these two styles and this game kind of reminds me of that very much. And, uh, with the two, with the two, uh, leagues, the way it, it used, used to be. And I, I really hadn't seen that uh, talked about in the paper or anything very much, and I just wanted to make that comment. You know, it's interesting, Matt. So with that in mind, Matt, who do you like today? I like Kansas City because I enjoyed the old – I enjoyed the AFL in, in, their, in their early days. It was so mm-hmm. so fun and refreshing and exciting. I hear you, Matt. So listen, I'm hoping – I, I was really hoping for. I was really hoping that 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 the Packers would win and we'd yeah. have a, a repeat Rematch. of one. But this this will this will do. Well, there's no question. This will do, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. Enjoy the game today. Listen, for you young folks, back in the day, it was as he mentioned, as Matt mentioned, it was the upstart AFL. They were a throwing league. That didn't mean they didn't run the ball. They ran the ball too, but they were a predominantly throwing league putting points on the board. They were scoring the football. Just, you know, he mentioned the Mad Bomber. That was Daryl LaMonica who played for the Oakland Raiders. And, of course, Joe Namath with the Jets and Jack Kent with the Buffalo Bills who went on to be in politics. And, you know, uh, then later you had Kenny Stabler and, you know, great, great, great quarterbacks who threw the football in the AFL because that's what the AFL was. The AFL were, we throw it. (laughs) We're looking to score. Big, deep throws, 25, 30, 40-yard touchdowns. And the NFL at that time, because they were separate, the NFL at that time was, listen, let's, let's have the conservative all-around game. Let's pass it. Let's run it. It's the ground game. Let's march the ball down the field, 16, 10, 11, 12-yard drive, 12-play 12, 12 drive, just march it, boom, 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 the march. You could just hear John Facenda over NFL Films music right now talking about, you know, under the steel gray sky. It is marching the ball. Dum, 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 march, run, run. The NFL was like, AFL was like, we throwing it. <laughs> you can sit there and watch that long driving down the field if you want to. We throwing it. We want scoring. And so when you, when you look a little bit at this game, that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are this season. And then they've really been that behind Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid. They've been a team that puts up a lot of points on the board. They're built to score points. They're built with speed. They're built with good receivers with great hands. And they're built with a very talented quarterback who can make plays, who can extend time in the pocket, and who can use his legs uh, to get you first downs and extend plays and possibly get scoring plays. And that's what this Kansas City team is. And But here's the difference, Matt. The San Francisco team can do that too. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can extend plays. Jimmy Garoppolo can throw the ball on the run. Jimmy Garoppolo can get the ball down the field. So while we look at how, and because it's the Super Bowl and so many people sometimes jump in at the end, I, I love to say they parachute in because it's a big game and everyone wants to see who's going to win the championship. So you look at the postseason and you see how teams are successful in the postseason and you say, okay, so the Niners are a running team, but they really aren't a running team. They're a team that can pass the ball. They can throw the ball. But over the past couple of weeks and late in the season, they've been very, very successful running the ball. This is a team, as one of the callers mentioned earlier, that can put points on the board as well. There's no question. 
They've been, they haven't been winning 13-10. They've been winning some points on the board as well. So while we look and we tend to put them in that box of a 49er team that all they want to do is run the football and eat off, eat up the clock, that's how they were able to be successful in their march to the Super Bowl over in, in the, in the conference, you know, in the divisional playoff in the conference game. That's what they were able to do. But that's not what this team is. Make no mistake, this team can put points up on the board too. It's just that when you compare them to what Kansas City has done and you compare them to the the electrified offense that Pat Mahomes has had with three very talented and fast skill position wide receivers, that's why we tend to put Kansas City in that box. But let's let's be real. This nine to ten could put points on the board. That's why when you listen to a lot of predictions, you don't hear a lot of 35-10, 35-13. You're hearing 35-30, uh, 30-28, uh, 33-27, because both of these teams can put points up on the board. The over-under for this game, ladies and gentlemen, the over is 50. <laughs> and, and I would take the over because I do think that different schemes, different things happen in the postseason, right, that allows you to – uh put even more points on the board than you normally do. So expect a lot of points to be scored. This is the Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. On 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. At the bottom of the hour, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. We've got Pelicans and Rockets here on 98.7. We've been talking about the Super Bowl. Obviously, that is the game of the day. Kansas City and the 49ers. Man, should be a good one. Should be a good one. Let's go to the phones. Teddy's in Dumont. Hey, Teddy, you're next on the drive. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, you might have talked about it already, but uh, you think Shanahan's going to come out and change the game plan a little bit? Instead of coming out running, they'll start throwing the ball just to let everybody know that Jimmy G can throw it? Teddy, yeah, it's an interesting question. We have touched on it a little bit, and thanks for the phone call. My thought process is if I am the 49ers, I'm running the football. Stop it. (laughs) You prove to me that you can stop my ground game. Because I don't think you can. I'm going to come out and I'm going to run the football. And I'm not, and I'm not going to give up running the football. Even if it's not successful early, I will continue to run the football. I'm not going to get away from it. Does it mean that I'm going to not throw the ball? No, I still have to move the football. I still have to get points, but I'm not going to just abandon, abandon what I do best just because you guys you know, may stop me early or I don't want to outsmart myself. And I think a lot of coaches sometimes do that in the situation where they say, you know, let me show what I, let me show my versatility. No, you don't adjust until you have to adjust. So I'm coming out, running the football. Stop it. Stop it. Make me do something else. And then I'll make that adjustment. But, um, you know, for right now, no, 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 no. I would be, uh, I'm running, I'm running the football if I'm the Niners. I definitely am. I definitely am. So, Nick and Kyrie, I was checking out uh, these funny, ridiculous prop bets that you've got. Um, <laughs> National Anthem, which company is the first commercial after the coin toss. This is the fun part of it. You know, we, we talk about, you know, who's going who's gonna to get the – is it going to be heads or tails? Uh, how long is the National Anthem going to be? Which is one of these? You know, it's, it's just so crazy. Which one of these that you guys like the best? Um, so there, I have a couple that I really like. Okay. Um, I, okay. I'll be really sweet at first and I'll say how many Super Bowl commercials will include a dog over under three and a half. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dogs are big in the Super Bowl, right? (laughs) Yes. Especially in the Doritos commercials. Doritos and dogs seem to, you know, have a thing. Mazda commercials get me every time. I I don't know why, but Mazda commercials. Mm-hmm. I like this. Which coach will be mentioned first after, um, was that first on after kickoff? That was a typo. It was supposed to be SB Super Bowl. Okay. Uh huh. Who will be mentioned first? So, 
Most people think it's going to be Shanahan, really? Andy Reid. So which one? All right. So who do you think it's going to be? I think they're going to bring up Andy Reid first. I don't think they're going to really. I mean, obviously they're going to talk about Shanahan, but unless they come out, you know, really far ahead, and then there's that fear of Kansas City, you know, getting that come from behind victory, and then I think they'll reference the Patriots comeback, which is uh, one of the ones that we mentioned again. Will the broadcasters mention the Patriots comeback twenty eight to three in twenty seventeen? Oh, no question they will. And if it's close, where's that? If it's close, will they mention how, um, you know, Seattle didn't run the ball? They threw the ball. How many times are you going to hear that? How many times are you going to hear about Kyle Shanahan, who was, as, as Billy mentioned earlier, about Kyle Shanahan learning from being on the Atlanta staff against, uh, you know, uh, New England? It's like, oh. That's oh, going to be a nauseum for sure. <laughs> What do you think, Kyrie? Will Troy Aikman mention his power? Oh, Larry, you are good because you know me as a giant lover and cowboy hater. It, you could, you could, you get a good return on him mentioning his past Super Bowl experience. You can almost guarantee that. Uh, I mean, I'm old school though. I kind of, yeah. I, I, I get the excitement of what color will the Gatorade be for the winner? Like See, with the triumph and everything. That's, that's classic. That, and, and here's the thing. There's so many different options. You got red, you got yellow clear water, you got orange, you got blue, you got purple. You, the purple purple is a long shot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it it seems like they'll both do red because, you know, for obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. For some reason, I think they're just going to go classic orange. Isn't that the original color from, from, I believe the, so, from the Gators? Yeah. Yep. I'm yep. feeling blue this year. Are you really? Yeah. Blue Blue would be the way to go. Looking at the odds here, blue would be pretty good. I feel like that's a solid one. Plus 750. Here's one I just made up off the top of my head. Obviously, it's not not on our list. I don't know if we can bet on it, but what team will Joe Montana be rooting for? Hmm. Huh. Kansas City. (laughs) 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 He wants Kansas City to win. He don't want want the 49ers to get another championship without him. Him and Steve Young. That's it. That's it. He, that, that's it. He's done. He doesn't want any more championships for them. A number of different prop bets that, that you can have fun with. Uh, I don't know about this one. Will any player finish with exactly 69 yards? <laughs> that's a really. I like that they, I feel like they honestly had a, an eighth grade boy, you know, creating this one <laughs> to make that an option. And then they even, if you say yes, it's plus 690. <laughs> so I just love that. It's, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, whose son snuck on, snuck that one on there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, while we're talking about this Super Bowl, all right. Now I heard you guys on with, um, Anita and Chris on New York game day, which was the final one for this year. And it's sad because they do a, tr- a tremendous job every Sunday to get you prepared for your football Sunday. But I know that both of you are kind of split on who's going to win today. So we'll start with you, Nikki. Who do you got and why? Um, As rare as it is for me to disagree with Kai, because I usually think he's right about everything. Um, I'm going with San Francisco today mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. But largely, I just think they're overall a better team. They're more well-rounded than I think Kansas City, where it's really obvious where the strengths and weaknesses lie with that team. San Francisco, first of all, I'm really feeling good about the strong defense. I think that is one issue where Kansas City, <clears throat> the last couple of weeks, you know, you're watching them struggle from behind. And obviously they didn't struggle for long. It took, what, till the end of the first period, uh, quarter bowl times before they were able to, you know, dominate. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that as easily. Second, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback than a lot of people are giving him credit for. I'm not saying he's amazing. I'm not saying he's got even holding a candle to Mahomes, but I'm saying that I think he's a lot more reliable. And just because he hasn't been throwing the ball, I think we're going to see him throwing it a lot more today. We've seen some really good games from him this year. We've seen, you know, 350 yard games. We've seen four touchdown scoring games. So we might need to see him play his best game today that he's ever done. But I think he can do it. Mm-hmm. All right. I like those reasons. All right, Kyrie, what, what are you thinking? Larry, as I sit here with my Kansas City Chiefs hat as I lead oh. the bandwagon 
Oh, he's all in. <laughs> as I as I as I leap onto this bandwagon today, <laughs> I have to admit. I mean, and and yeah, Nikki made some great points, especially about uh, you know, it's not going to be as easy for uh the the Chiefs to to come back if they get into a hole like they did for the past two weeks. But I mean. For me, with Patrick Mahomes, until some, it's, it's like, it's like Tom Brady in the sense that until somebody can show me that they can beat this kid and they can stop this kid, whatever defense it is, you name it. And if there's any defense that's going to do it, it'll be this one. Mm-hmm. I think it, they're going to have to prove it to me because from what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes for the past two weeks. And I mean, you know, even for this season, a lot of people wrote him off after his dislocated, uh, knee. So for what he's done and what he's been able to will the rest of the team to do, it's been amazing. And I I can't see it ending. And here's the other thing, Nikki, for Kyrie, because he is a Giants fan, he just cannot allow another NFC team to march to have a Super Bowl championship. So he's going, even though begrudgingly that Andy Reid, his former nemesis in Philadelphia, is coaching Kansas City, he just has to go AFC now because he, if, if his Giants aren't there, there's no NFC team that's got. Well, on this and, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend, also. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, see that. See, he's got, he's got logic. He's got logic. <laughs> this is the Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Kyle does a great job of, you know, whoever's in there, he's going to, you know, play to our strengths and try to, you know, hide our weaknesses and things like that. And it just makes it tough on defenses when you can do that. And then when you do get the, you know, your guys back, then it makes play calling a little easier for you because, you know, you got a little uh, little leeway. And, you know, if he has not the best play call, we could save him and vice versa. So that's the, uh, that's the teamwork of it. That's Jimmy G on working with Kyle Shanahan. And, boy, they've done a nice job, right? They've really done a nice job. You're listening to The Drive here. On 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's hear from a couple of folks. We heard from Jimmy G. Let's hear from Dan Marino. And Dan Marino, obviously a Hall of Famer, a guy who you thought when he came in with his ability with the Miami Dolphins that he would be able to have uh, multiple Super Bowl appearances. He ended up with just one. So he tells Pat Mahomes, you better take advantage of this opportunity, young man to take advantage of it now because you yeah. never know what's going to happen down the line. You know, I've always told some of these young quarterbacks, I mean, I was, I'm still, I think I'm the youngest quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl and never got back. Right. I played in, in, uh, a bunch of AFC championship games and, you know, the one year I got hurt with the Achilles, we oh. had a really, oh. we had a really good team that year. Yes, we, I, we did. I felt like we could have won that year. Listen, there's no guarantees. I remember, and I've shared this often. I remember covering uh, in Pittsburgh in the post game for uh, Rex Ryan when the Jets lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in that AFC championship game where they were just one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. And Rex said, the sad thing about this is next season, you don't get to start at the AFC championship game. <laughs> you got to start all the way at the beginning with training camp and try to make that march all the way back and everything has to work perfectly. You've got to have a minimal amount of injuries in a, in a 100% injury sport. You got to make sure that all the, all the things fall right for you. You got to catch teams at the right time. There's so many things that go right when a team wins the Super Bowl or just getting to the Super Bowl. Everything has to flow in the right way. It just does. And, you know, in situations like this with Dan Marino, he thought he was going back, ended up not getting back. And that's a sad situation for him. We're very, very talented quarterback. Jet fans, I'm, I won't do that to you, so I'll just leave it at that. Very talented quarterback that uh, could have had a different fortune with a different team, right? Ryan Clark was on NFL Live. Ryan Clark says, in his opinion, the run is scarier than the pass if you're San Francisco. Check this out. There's just sometimes schematically, you can't be in the right place when you're playing against the Niners rush game. I mean, it's third and eight last week and they decide to run the football and they have an untouched touchdown by Raheem Mostert. These are the type of things that Kyle Shanahan and this offense has been able to do this year with multiple runners of the football, whether it's George Kittle, Mostert, Brita, Debo Samuel. We've seen so many different people carry the ball. It's like a high school game and you're playing against the wing tee. You never know who's going to carry it or where it's going to come from. And that's scary to me. Other than, other than the Baltimore Ravens, who have a unique chess piece in Lamar Jackson, this is the most unique and 
multi-dimensional running offense I've seen in a very long time in the NFL. Once again, Ryan Clark on NFL Live, and he's right. And that's what we spoke about earlier when I, t- once again, refers, referring, um, not referring, um, referring to is what I'm trying to say, referring to the uh, Jets when they had their championship teams. Even when they ran the ball whenever they wanted to. They ran it whenever they wanted to. You knew it was coming. They still ran it for for substantial yardage. And that's what the Niners have been able to do this season. And you talk about them running it on third and eight. I mean, in a way, you're, you know, you're thinking they're going to pass, right? You're thinking, okay, maybe this is a pass passing situation, and they run the football. But still, it's incumbent upon, and this goes for both sides of the ball, it's incumbent upon the defense to do key things today. One, you've got to wrap up and tackle. Both these teams have athletes who are eligible and who do it game after game after game. And I mean yards after the catch, yards after being touched. And in Frisco's case on the ground, yards before contact. So all the fundamental things apply for this game today. All the things that you watch, all the things that you watch the really good teams do, that's what you have to do today. And that is minimize your turnovers, minimize your mental mistakes, got to have great communication, got to know what, got to be able to execute the game plan the way it is. No yards after the catch. So you've got to tackle. What do bad teams do? (laughs) They miss tackles. (laughs) You can't do that today. Miss tackles lead to big plays. And so when you have big play offenses like you have on both of these teams, you can't give them extra opportunities to come back and beat you. You can't do it. That will get you beat. There's no question about it. So when you look at how... Uh, when you look at how the situation is with Kansas City and what they've been able to do, and you by, by falling behind and coming back, there's no falling behind deep like that today and expect to win the Super Bowl. Walters and Yonkers. Hey, Walter, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, thank you for taking my call. Uh, no, nah, listen, I think it's KC, really, because uh, I just think they're able to do anything. I mean, he could, mm. you know, he doesn't have to run the ball. They don't have to pass the ball. Where I think that Jimmy G, they're coming in with a plan. I mean, they're all coming in with a plan, but they're coming in with this run game. Okay? And if you throw, like, a wrench into that machine, I think somehow, I don't think Jimmy G could pull it out. And I I know I've watched some of his games. I've seen him really good. But compared to, like, uh, Mahomes, there's nothing that you compare to this kid. This guy is unbelievable, 24 down and 24 nothing, and he comes back. I don't think Jimmy G could do that. I think KC comes out 14 nothing, and that run game, that's the wrench in the machine, you know? Thank you. I hear you, Walter. Thanks for the phone call. I, I, I think it's going to be give Jimmy G a little more credit. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think both teams could be in the 30s. Hey, Mark in Newark, you're next on the drive. Oh, hi, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Mark. What's happening, my friend? I love the way that you had the comparison about the AFL versus the NFL. Oh, you're the NFL used to brag so much. Like, you know, you know they're an interior league and we can smash mouth and Johnny United and, and all of that stuff. And and, and the, uh, the AFL just came in and it was like, it was like, whoa, they just said go. And they never, they never seen anything like that. And they didn't think it would work, but the ASL proved that it did. And similarly, the same way that the uh, the ABA did with the uh, NBA, no? Mm-hmm. That's right. Red, so, white, blue um, basketball, three-point line, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, I just love the way you put that analogy against for today's game because it's actually fitting uh, for today's game without the braggadocio of, of the past former NFL uh, teams and owners and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you, again, I'm making lockstep with you. I think that from this perspective, though, I think the 49ers, 
I think they need to stay true to who they are. I, I really, I'm with you. If you can't swap me, I'm going to come and smash the ball right in your face. Period. It's, it, it limits the amount of trouble and, and turnovers that my quarterback can have. It, it, it enhances my play action pass. I'm off, and, and then if you don't do anything about it, I'm just going to keep ramming it down your throat, and that's a wheel breaker. So that's how, if I'm the 49ers, that's what I'm doing. Conversely, Gary, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm doing, going to be just like the old ASL. Ready, set, go. I got bombs. I got, I got Kelsey. I got more speed than you can imagine with Tyreek Hill. How about if you stop that? I'm going to do what I do best. That's what I get. What do you? I agree, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, that's what you do. You don't, and, and coaches do it sometimes. And I understand they got a game plan. They're trying to do something and maybe something they've seen in their preparation and stuff like that. So I'm not doubting as to why they thought it was a good idea to do it because they wouldn't have done it in some, in a game, especially like this, that's so meaningful. But sometimes it's just as simple as stop me. You know what I'm going to do? Stop it. And players and coaches have said, have said to me over and over again, if it's well executed, it can't be stopped. So if everybody blocks who they're supposed to block on the running game, it's going to be hard to stop the run. It just is. If everybody stays who they're supposed to be, if, if the if the Niners maintain their lanes in the pass rush, it's going to be hard for Patrick Mahomes to have time to throw the ball down the field. It just is. So it's all about execution. That's what it's about. It's all about execution. But like I said, it should be an outstanding game today, and I hope you guys enjoy it. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty Podcast on 98.7 ESPN.